And we are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What's up, guys? Nick Scripp on the P2W Fantasy Podcast. Three weeks of football down. We're previewing week four. Feels like it's it's flying by already. So how this show works, I have this specific show every single week, and I go through a series of starts that I like for this coming weekend. I try to make them non-obvious starts. So I'm not going to tell you to go start Josh Allen, go start Jonathan Taylor, go start Cooper Cup. I'm trying to find some not obvious guys that I like for the coming week that I feel like can benefit your starting lineups for fantasy football. So uh, before we get into that, I do want to start off by saying that this podcast is partnered up, as always, by the Fantasy Points Media Group, which is a branch of FantasyPoints.com. FantasyPoints.com, one-stop shop for everything fantasy football you are looking for. Articles, they have research, they have a subscriber's discord, advanced data. I'm on there every single day just because anything I'm looking for is all in one spot. So go check out fantasypoints.com slash subscribe. Use a promo code P2W22 for a discount. So again, we got the starts of the week show for week four. We'll get into that in just a second. So quick recap from last week. So I always go through how I did. I don't just talk about just the hits. I want to make sure that I talk about any misses where I was about even, but I, I feel like I had a really good week three for my my starts. Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce, Chris Alave, which was a big one, DK Metcalf, Alan Lazard, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kyle Pitts were guys that I promoted to be solid week three starts. They all over, uh, or they went over their projections for that week. So, you know, Chris Alave might have went over by, you know, over 10 points while, you know, Josh Jacobs might have went over by three, but at the same point, if they went over what they were uh, projected to do, it was a good start for you guys. So uh, where I broke even was Tyler Higby. I think he was like minus 0.46 from what his projection was versus what his output was. Uh, For transparency, I missed on Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and Miles Sanders. I think Sanders was the worst of those three guys there. But overall, really good week. Uh, I thought I had more plus than minus, and that's what I'm looking to do, especially when I'm not giving you guys the obvious starts every single week. So th- for this show, I got a, a handful of wide receivers. I think I have two or three uh, running backs, and I have uh, one QB stream of the week. And uh, we'll get into that QB stream right now. I think I do have a... Question in the chat though. So Wentz versus Rodgers from Chris Tahada. So just want to pull up actual NFL schedule, go over who each are playing before we jump into that one. But uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free on YouTube, Facebook to uh, throw them in the chat. Still can't do it on Twitter, which is is pretty annoying, in all honesty. So Carson Wentz versus the Commanders. We have Aaron Rodgers versus the the Patriots. So. Wentz has had a really good season so far. Uh, it's it's nice to see Wentz 
spreading out the ball a bit to three guys who have been making big plays. You know, it's not just uh, Terry McLaurin. Now we have the likes of uh, Curtis Samuel, who's a top 10 wide receiver right now, and also Jahan Dotson, who's been one of my rookies and I'm super, super high on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, been spreading the ball out, but not in the way of, hey, I got three studs. It's hey, in the way I don't really know who's going to step up in this one. And uh, we saw Romeo Dobbs uh, last week have a good game for the Green Bay Packers, and we know that they're going to utilize both running backs. But I feel like I feel like I'm going to lean Aaron Rodgers in this one just to say that I, I feel like he's starting to get going. And uh, maybe it's not, you know, the Patriots matchup, I think, used to mean a little bit more than, than what um, it is right now. And Wentz has been going off, but I feel like – I feel like Rogers starting to get rolling here. So I wouldn't mind going either route in all honesty. Um, I think the safer route actually is Aaron Rodgers, but I can see where you would say for Carson Wentz's case, like, Hey, he's been having some decent weeks. He's got three big playmakers where Rogers has a bunch of guys like trying to step up into roles, but week one QB stream of the week. So I wanted to go through a guy that was under 50% rostered on ESPN that I feel like can, uh, be useful if you need a streamer. Some people don't have, um, you know, a set and forget quarterback on a weekly basis. <clears throat> when it comes to one quarterback leagues, uh, you know, guys might have lost Trey Lance or lost Dak Prescott, or maybe they are concerned about like Russell Wilson. Uh, but it's a bit deeper. He's only 9.5% rostered on ESPN, but Geno Smith versus Detroit. I like this week. Detroit gives up the third most points per game to quarterbacks eighth most passing yards per game, the most points per game in terms of like actual points scored in an NFL game on the year. So the most points per game given up on the year. They have played against the Eagles, Commanders, and the Vikings so far. Geno Smith's fantasy weeks. Week one, QB 15, week two, QB 30, and week uh, three, QB 7. I think he's building a better connection right now with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Five for 64 and a touchdown for DK Metcalf last week. That was one of my hits. He had a good game. Nine catches on 11 targets, back-to-back weeks exactly for Tyler Lockett. He's seen 76 and 107 receiving yards. Noah Fant hasn't exactly had a big day, but he's still very competent tight end. Playerprofiler.com has Geno Smith, number five in accuracy rating, number one in true completion percentage, number 12 in deep ball completion percentage. Number one in play action completion percentage. So a lot of great accuracy metrics for Geno Smith, which we don't really, you know, talk about too often. So I'm I'm checking the boxes here for Geno Smith this week. It's a good matchup versus Detroit and what they've been giving up so far this season. He's got solid weapons, good accuracy metrics, and I think that math-wise just equals a good stream for the quarterback position if you need that this week. So we're not saying like bench him or start him for Patrick Mahomes. But again, a lot of teams are kind of juggling what to do with the quarterback position just based off of their roster right now. Shifting over to the running back position. So week one starts for the running backs. I think we have some guys that are kind of shifting into bigger roles that we'll talk about. Uh, the first two guys go into that. I have two running back starts. Brees Hall versus the Steelers. So He's been behind Michael Carter in snaps the first two weeks. He finally surpassed the 50% mark in week three. Best fantasy day with 15.2 fantasy points in week three. 
Most of the work has been through the air. Brees right now is number one in running back targets with 22, number five in catches with 13. A concern that's been voiced is that, hey, Zach Wilson is returning and he might not target Brees Hall at this same rate. I will say that the offensive coordinator and the head coach remain the same, but people will still question like, hey, maybe Zach Wilson will not be looking for his running back. But me personally, I tend to think that Wilson will be less mobile. He's coming off of a meniscus surgery. It also could mean that if plays break down, he's not as mobile as he is used to being, that more plays are kind of dumped off to Brees Hall if he's on the field. So I think that, you know, looking at the situation and being too concerned when it's the same playbook, right, same coaching staff, Zach Wilson is not going to be as mobile. Brees Hall's role is continuing to grow in this offense. 5.3 yards per carry. Michael Carter, 4.4. So he's been more efficient with the rushing um, work that he's gotten versus Michael Carter. I think we are gradually seeing the change of guard. We expect him to take over at some point. It's been shifting in that direction. I think versus Pittsburgh this week, we can see that snap percentage shift even further away from Michael Carter. Brees Hall being the RB1 of the rookie uh, draft class uh, in terms of fantasy knowing the the you know back to back in the Heisman uh conversation out of Iowa State the talent uh, dual threat running back we've seen some pretty decent days so far he's he's been a top 20 running back but the more he gets you know away from Michael Carter and that snap percentage i think the more he's going to be valuable for fantasy and we've seen in the past guys that have hints of hey the breakout's coming I think Brees Hall getting this this passing work for PPR, seeing more snaps, the, the signs are pointing in that direction that he could be taking over at any time. And Michael Carter will sure, you know, for, for sure have a role throughout the season, but maybe it's not as split as we get uh, further and further along here in his rookie season for uh, for Brees Hall. Second guy I like this week, Ramondre Stevenson versus the Packers. So the Packers are not like a walkover defense by any means. Uh, David Montgomery did put 120, uh, 122 rushing yards on the ground against the Green Bay Packers in week two. Week one, Dalvin Cook had 90 rushing yards. So Damian Harris does have six more carries than Ramondre Stevenson, but the committee is looking like it's it's leaning in Ramondre Stevenson's favor right now with him seeing 62% of the snaps in back-to-back weeks. Harris, on the other hand, has yet to play over 40% of the snaps. That says something to me. So I know it's a committee in the sense that both guys are getting work, but when you see one guy, the snap percentage is in the 60 range now, and one guy hasn't surpassed 40%, we're starting to see it, it lean in, in one other guy's direction. Stevenson's five catches last week showed he might be leaned on in that way as well, especially with Ty Montgomery on the IR. Damian Harris doesn't really profile as that sort of guy even though he's gotten a handful of catches already this season. Um, it's looking like Brian Hoyer is going to be the Patriots quarterback with my, uh, with Mac Jones to miss time. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots are going to lean on their running backs. I'll take the one, though, out of the two running backs that has had a more productive day on the ground recently with 73 rushing yards and a touchdown last week, and he just saw five catches in that game. So, again, more snaps. Just had a good receiving day. Maybe the yards weren't great, but he had good receiving work. And then he had a good rushing day. So the signs are for 
Ramondre Stevenson in his favor over Damian Harris right now. Versus the Packers, it's obviously going to be a good game. They don't have their starting quarterback for the Patriots. So Ramondre Stevenson's a guy I like to beat his projection in, in week four here. So I'm not saying he's going to be a top five running back, but again, if he beats what he's projected to be at in the sleeper ESPN Yahoo app, then it's beneficial for you to have him in your fantasy lineup. Go over to the wide receiver position now. So I won't do this often. And maybe you can say it's a cop-out, but I'm going to go back-to-back weeks saying Chris Alave needs to be in your your fantasy lineup. And, you know, he, he was the start of the week for me last week, one of the starts of the week. It was a great call. He had an awesome game. You know, I had a good feeling in week two, you know, when he was seeing 13 targets, uh, it was a sign that he was going to be a breakout <clears throat> player, especially with him being number one in air yards prior to week three with with an 80 receiving yard game in week two. Go to week three, 13 targets yet again, nine catches for 147 receiving yards and 23.7 fantasy points. Chris Olave remains the number one wide receiver in air yards and the number one wide receiver in deep targets which screams upside for the wide receiver position. He's number seven in total receiving yards with 268. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry did not practice on Wednesday with different feet issues. I don't know if this means they are gradually going to get back to health this week, if both will miss, if both will be healthy. But if one or both do miss, it's even more of a boost in Chris Olave's role versus the Vikings this week which is the early game. I think it's like 8.30 a.m. Central time. So uh, if you do have Saints or Vikings players, keep in mind on Sunday, it's overseas. It's an early start game. So make sure you set that lineup on Saturday if you have either of those uh, uh, players on those two teams. And make sure you pay attention to the injury news as well. You might have to wake up early that day if you do have a a Michael Thomas or a, a Jarvis Landry. So why call this twice in a row for Chris Olave? Because as of today, Wednesday, he is only being started in 45% of sleeper redraft leagues. So it's not like I called the last week he hit, and now he's being started in 70% of leagues. He's still being started in under 50% of redraft leagues right now on the sleeper app. So I feel like it's it's necessary to say, hey, back-to-back weeks, let's get him in your lineups. Vikings are you know a middle-of-the-road matchup for points per game to wide receivers, but with the potential to be without the two veterans, the signs of big upside, Alave must be started in week four. Next player on the list, Isaiah McKenzie versus the Ravens. So this one, I'm not saying, you know, he should be your wide receiver one or wide receiver two. I'm saying he could be a flex option if you're looking for one. Definitely would like the snap percentage to climb. And it gradually has through the uh, the first three weeks. But I feel like after a big uh, week three, he can be getting more and more time on the field. So last week versus Miami in a big-time matchup, he caught seven of nine targets for 76 receiving yards, and he scored his second touchdown of the season, 21.2 fantasy points. I've seen a handful of people saying, hey, Gabe Davis is a, is a big play for this week. And – Maybe I don't argue that, but I will say that he's been limited at practice with an ankle injury. The Ravens right now give up the most yards per game so far this year through the air and are the only team to not only give up 900 yards through the air, but also over 1,000 yards through the air. 
the most fantasy points per game given up to wide receivers as well. So small sample size versus the Ravens, but through three weeks, it is a great matchup for wide receivers. So big game against a tough opponent versus Miami. McKenzie had a big game. I expect the same against Baltimore. So uh, I want to rephrase that because I said a lot of bigs and a lot of games there. But he had a big game when it was a tough opponent versus Miami. I think he can have another big game against another tough opponent versus Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's been going off the Ravens. Uh, always a high-powered offense when we're looking at the fantasy world and just matchups the last handful of years. I think McKenzie is earning a progressing role after last week, and we know of Josh Allen's history of utilizing the slot wide receiver. We've seen it the past three seasons with Cole Beasley. So I like Isaiah McKenzie to be a good flex play in week four. I have two more wide receivers. I'm going to be a typical Nick Scripp homer and say Jerry Judy versus the Raiders. So we have the 2-1 and one Broncos playing the 0-3 Raiders. Both teams are in the AFC West, so the game means a lot. Judy was injured in Week 2. A lot of people pointed out, hey, in Week 3, he only logged 59% of the snaps and had a quiet week, but this was due to him dealing with that rib and shoulder injury. So I don't even see him right now listed as questionable. I expect him to get back up if he's good to go to that high 80s to low 90% of the snaps. Week one, four catches on seven targets for 102 receiving yards and a touchdown, 20.2 fantasy points. Not a lot of people talked about that performance too much because I feel like, again, I've said this over and over again, but we had this big like Sutton versus Judy debate instead of saying, hey, both guys can be good. And, and it seemed like more people leaned the Sutton direction. So Jerry Judy had a great game. Wasn't talked about a lot. And we're also talking about two wide receivers that, again, I think could both be good, but 89% started in the sleeper app for Cortland Sutton. Judy right now is only 53% started. So there's a difference in, in how many lineups these guys are actually in. So far in the year, number seven in yards per reception, 18.6. For Jerry Judy, we saw the big yards after catch game in week one. Uh, he took that big um, he took that big play for a touchdown, which got him a lot of those uh, those fantasy points. He did split targets with Sutton in that game. Raiders are number seven in yards per game given up through the air and have been better against the run. So Denver, I know they have Javante Williams, they have Melvin Gordon, and they they like to get both those guys work, but they might be more successful feeding Jerry Judy and, and Cortland Sutton in this game. So I feel like we're looking at a day that if uh, Russell Wilson is efficient, Judy can be one of the, the biggest beneficiaries of that, especially knowing that he seems to be away from those injuries that uh, that took him out of week two and also kind of held him back in week three. So I do like Jerry Judy in an important AFC West matchup versus the Raiders. Last wide receiver on the list here, Brandon Ayuk versus the Rams. So I want to mention that this is a Monday night game. I don't typically give Monday night uh, advice this far in advance and, and make these guys my starts of the week because I try to have other content that is focused on the Thursday or the Monday games. But I feel like he's a good flex play as well. 11.3 and 12.9 fantasy points the past two weeks for PPR. Not bad, not great. You know, fine flex. But if you're looking for more, I think he, he can have more versus the Rams on Monday. Back-to-back -back weeks with Jimmy Garoppolo 
having eight targets, which has been two more across those two weeks than, than Debo Samuel. He scored last week. He had 63 receiving yards the week prior. So last two weeks, back-to-back eight target weeks with uh, Jimmy G, had a decent receiving day, and he had a, a touchdown day. So if you put that all together in a tougher matchup versus the Rams, I feel like that can be a nice flex week for Brandon Ayuk. I like him as, as a flex, again, just because of the things I've mentioned, but also the script of this game and the connection he has. Uh, he seems to have with Jimmy G. It's a big NFC West matchup. We know that the Rams are going to uh, be a contender this year and the 49ers, I think. Um, we know that they typically like to, to, to pound the rock on the ground, but I feel like in this game, uh, we're, we're going to have to have two teams matching each other. And I feel like Jimmy G is going to have to do it through the air, uh, at a decent rate and seeing that he has that connection with Ayuk. I, I like him as a flex play this week, but you have to make that uh, decision based off of your roster and who you are juggling, knowing that it's a Monday game. And we got the last play. Uh, tight end of the week. And I like David Njoku, which is going to be my, like, try to be a bounce back uh, call here because I I tried this one week one and it didn't work out. But David Njoku is like a diet version of of actually utilized Kyle Pitts, being a, a freak athlete of a tight end with receiving yard and touchdown upside. 6'4", 246 tight end. He finally had his big day this past week. His targets climbed from... Uh, weeks one through three, one to five to 10, 10 targets. Great for a tight end. He caught nine of them for 89 receiving yards, a touchdown at 23.9 fantasy points in week three. That's the tight, uh, you know, that's the type of tight end scoring week that can win you a given week. The Falcons right now are allowing the second most points per game to tight ends. It's a bit skewed. You know, Tyler Higby in week two had a game of seven catches for 71 receiving yards. So it makes sense. And in his case, the Seahawks this past week had a couple guys getting some work for the tight end position that added up. Taysom Hill scored good week one, but you have to keep in mind that he was running the ball for touchdowns and caught a pass and he was, he would, he was utilizing that gadget role. So when I say that the the Falcons are allowing the second most points per game to tight ends, it's important to note that, but but also it's not like they've been getting beat up by one individual guy every single week. For the Browns right now, Amari Cooper has been solid so far. I think a big Njoku week earns him more looks in this week. People have mentioned Jacoby Brissett's preference to Mike Gusecki when he was back in Miami for the tight end position. I think last week could be the start of more consistency of Jacoby Brissett looking to David Njoku. Amari Cooper, again, like I just said, has been awesome. I still think that number two role is up for grabs. And last week, we saw David Njoku step into high targets, had the receiving yards, had the touchdown, looked great for fantasy. So I like David Njoku versus the Falcons. If he goes back-to-back weeks here of having a nice fantasy week, I think we're going to have that conversation that he's an every week starter for a tight end position that we're still trying to figure out who we can actually trust in our lineups on a weekly basis. So that'll do it for the starts of the week. Had a handful of guys there have been pretty successful so far. So if you tuned into this show for the first time or are new to the show, make sure you subscribe iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to, to podcasts. You can follow me at P2W fantasy on Twitter. I am nonstop plugging 
content throughout the season in, in various uh, different forms, infographics, threads, articles, short videos, streams, uh, content for fantasypoints.com. So I'm trying to be diverse with how I share information to you guys with the intent to help you play to win. Good luck this week, guys.